The text that you are about to hear is by Charles Olavois. To find out more about this Canadian author and his previous books, visit www.charlesolevois.com. This episode is from Goodbye Philippines, a collection of short stories. The book are a fictional construction of exchanges between the author and people living in the Philippines, overseas workers, and Filipino expats. Goodbye Philippines, a podcast collection of short stories by Charles O. Levois. Through Facebook conversations, George, the narrator of Goodbye Philippines, gets glimpses of Filipino lives in the Philippines and among expatriates and overseas foreign workers. As he discovers the sufferings of the younger generation, he is often reminded of the disparity between the deprivations and emotional angst of his youth. On one trip to the Philippines, he is hospitalized in delirium and dependent on local care until he is well enough to fly home. On his return, he shuts everyone out, including Lando, the youth in the Philippines whose college education he paid for. After a long silence, his protege reaches out and the two briefly reunite online. The bond between them is poignant and Lando's longing for a father's substitute is palpable. Will George choose to pull away? Read by Warren Carey and music by Angelico Dayo, executive producer Charles O. Lavoie. Chapter 12 Guilt The following is an abridged story from Goodbye, Philippines. One day, George and Jarrell Cruz waved to each other on Facebook. How are you? George asked. We have a misunderstanding with my mom. Till now, we're not talking each other. George waited as Jarrell was still typing. The 23-year-old youth from Gagayan de Oro in northern Mindanao was currently in Dubai. He was working as a runner, a busboy, in an expensive restaurant that catered to European tourists and hoping to be promoted to waiter. He had obtained a two-year residency permit through his mother, who was already working in the United Arab Emirates in a beauty salon. She had invited him to that country. They shared an apartment with other immigrant workers from Asian countries like Pakistan, India, and the Philippines. The whole building was owned by a company that operated several businesses. It had a food market. I am stressed, Jarrell wrote. What's wrong? It's very personal problem, my friend. Too many problems. It's okay. Don't worry about me. Tell me, Jarrell, please. My grandmother is suffering for a throat swelling, and she will be having a CT scan on 23 of this month. George suddenly remembered that the boy's vacation was less than two months away. You'll see her soon, he wrote. If I cannot lend Amani to my colleague, I will not go, Jarrell replied. George noticed that he was mistaking the verb to lend for to loan, which seemed to be common among Filipinos with a limited English vocabulary. His mother had asked him to send additional money for his grandmother's treatments. Did you do it? Yes, Jarrell replied. And the allowance of my brother's. 
and also for the medicines. A couple of days later, George noticed that Jarrell was online again. It was 8 in the morning in Canada and 7 p.m. in Dubai. He typed, Are you and your mother talking to each other yet? Yes. When she come back at home, she bring food to me and she cry while asking me, Whatever happened, I'm your mom and I am the one who will care for you, mom said. George remained silent. Jarrell was still typing. I want to cry, but it won't. Then there was a silence. Do you feel lonely? George asked. Yeah, I feel lonely. I don't know, there's something emptiness about me. Can I ask a direct question? Yes. Why did you go to Dubai? It's a long story, sir. I tell to them that I wanted to enjoy my life as a teenager, but nothing. I stopped my degree course because of their dreams. I am a breadwinner of our family. I am the eldest son of the family, and I know what is the problem and need to be prioritized. George thought, but didn't say, in my country, parents are responsible for their children, not the other way around. Wherever they live or work in the world, Filipinos always remained connected with where they came from. If a relative back home asked for money to pay the doctor, the pharmacist, or the electricity company, or to sponsor a beauty pageant in their hometown, the OFWs answered the call. It was always payback time. One day, George was chatting on Facebook with Eliezer Rama, now a Canadian citizen. He told George that his father died at an early age. Because his mother had a frail constitution, he was sent to live with his older sister, who raised him. He added, I am helping my nephew, who is a student. How old is your nephew? George asked. Nineteen. George was curious to know about this shy-looking middle-aged man. He'd said hello to him a few times at the Victoria Bayanihin Center, but never talked to him. To keep the flow going, he asked, what kind of school? Hospitality school. Is he doing well there? He got sick, Eleazar replied. Sorry, George typed. Warts, Eliagzar explained. He needs ointment all the time. Expensive. How is he now? George asked. Ignoring George's question, Eliazar wrote, His friends are no good. What do you mean? Drugs, Eliazar replied. He followed with the sticker of a round yellow face with tears streaming from its eyes. He is lucky to have you, my friend. It's payback time. George had learned through face-to-face -face and online exchanges with Filipino expats and overseas workers that the noble reflex came with side effects. Jarel Cruz was living proof of this. He had left his country at 21. Being responsible for loved ones back home was a heavy load for the 53-kilogram Filipino boy. In the case of 80-year-old Trinidad Quesada, who had left the Philippines soon after her graduation as a nurse to come to Victoria, B.C., the sense of duty had long ago been replaced by resentment 
as George witnessed on one occasion. Four years ago, while working on his novel Legacy of a Filipina, George and Trinidad met in a cafe in downtown Victoria to discuss their plans to travel together to Paita in the province of Laguna. He wanted to research the Japanese occupation of the islands during the Second World War, and she was hoping to reconnect with relatives and friends in her hometown. When they talked about booking flight dates, Trinidad made it clear that any time was fine with her, except December. I had it in mind to go around Christmas time, George said. With childlike enthusiasm, he explained, you know, the religious ceremonies, the lights, people celebrating in the streets, all the food. Trinidad shook her head. She glanced around, then turned back to George, as if about to share a secret. With a disapproving look, she whispered, They all want their Christmas. What do you mean? George asked, puzzled. They all want Christmas presents. People you don't even know are expecting money, Trinidad replied. I'm sure people in the Philippines would understand that you have your own obligations. Children, a house, bills to pay, George ventured. They expect presents from foreigners, too, Trinidad interjected. Now I'm in trouble, George remarked, only half-jokingly. As if she had not heard, Trinidad continued with her train of thought. With her right index finger, she tapped each finger on her left hand, listing the items people took back home. Family-sized peanut butter, vitamins, chocolate bars, backpacks, school material. Switching hands, she continued her list. Microwaves, packages of Duracell batteries, and cell phones, of course. Shaking her head, she remarked, They want the sort that you and I can't afford. Looking suddenly weary, she remarked, You have been there, George. You know how they are. George smiled, impressed with Trinidad's dramatic talent. Trinidad said, when my nephew died in a scooter accident, I sent money for the funeral and the food at the wake that lasted several days, as usual. Did you attend the funeral? I had left the country two weeks before it happened, Trinidad replied sadly. Then, with an almost fierce expression, she added, and behind your back, they take what doesn't belong to them. The old woman was wrestling with her family secrets and grievances. George remained silent. He suddenly had a vision of the Furies, the goddesses of vengeance that traveled the earth torturing and punishing humans. In antiquity, they were symbolized by snakes and blood. Thank you for listening to this chapter of Goodbye Philippines. Here are some questions from the author, and here are some thoughts to ponder. 1. If you have relatives working and living abroad, and they return to the Philippines on vacation, do they treat their relatives to a stay in a nice resort or hotel? If this has happened to you, how many people did your relatives invite? 
two, is this something that is imposed on them or a way to express their love for their family? Three, is it more gratifying to give or to receive? Is it common for people to borrow money to hold birthday celebrations? We'd love to hear from you. To share your thoughts and your answers to the questions, email charlesolavoie at gmail.com. Want to receive updates about future episodes of Goodbye Philippines? Don't forget to subscribe to this channel. Also, feel free to share the link to this episode with your friends and on social media. If you love Goodbye Philippines, check out www.charlesolavoie.com for info on Charles's other published works. A link is provided in the description. Until next time.